Welcome to Telecommunications Industry Therapy, the podcast that discusses issues arising from the rapid advancement and deployment of telecommunications infrastructure. This podcast is provided by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. This podcast, as well as much more additional content, can be found at tiffonline.org. Please welcome your hosts, Michelle Kang and Scott Stecker. Welcome everyone to Industry Therapy with Michelle Kang and Scott Stecker. We are both with the Telecommunications Industry Foundation, a nonprofit organization, and we created this podcast series as an opportunity to help promote TIF's mission of uplifting the telecommunications industry by providing timely support and education to the public, lawmakers, and industry stakeholders through the promotion of quality, safety, efficiency, and workforce development. This industry is exciting to be a part of, but there's also challenges to so many, and we would like to use this platform to highlight those challenges so that we can move forward toward a solution together. We will also use this platform as an opportunity to give a voice to various industry stakeholders and also the authors of our TIFF white papers and pans to help clarify and add color to the content published on the TIFF website, tiffonline.org. I started with TIFF when the board was enacted in 2019 as the vice chair, and we had such a wonderful group of people that came together for a common cause that was really to listen to the challenges and misconceptions in our industry and help support and educate through various types of media. Our board is a diverse cross-section of our industry with representation from tower co's, manufacturers, engineering firms, general contractors, and legal representation, but The thing we all have in common is that we volunteer our time and we do it out of a passion for the telecommunications industry and just really wanting to help it advance by bringing people together. Stecker, did you want to add anything to that? No, Michelle, that was such an excellent description of the foundations of what we're trying to do. Uh, The various medias that we create as a group, uh, whether it's our white papers, our pans, some videos that we've produced over the years and also this podcast kind of culminate in a group effort that is excellent. And we are welcomed here by Mr. Scott Kisting and Mr. Andy Kurtzman of uh, also on the TIF board and uh, welcome you gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Scott, you want to give us a brief background on kind of your role within uh, TIF? A little bit of history on yourself. You mean going back to the founding and everything else where we started out? Yeah, sure. Just give us just more of more of yourself first. Oh, I've been really fortunate. I, I've I've worked with TIA for a long, long time. People like John Erickson and Mark Maloof, Dave Brinker are really people I view as mentors to me. And, and brought me into where we could see and understand the standards and work with the applied side, work with real issues, because they, they understood the need for people to understand what we're trying to do with designs and the standards. As a part of that, you know, got to be moved to be the government liaison for TR-14, working with the government, worked to support OSHA and others in the industry on education for health, safety, and basically quality uh, to be able to improve that anywhere that we can in the industry through knowledge and awareness. One of the things that was really cool in that process was getting to work with Andy and Mariana. You know, as we were working through things, we 
we really quickly saw that the volume of standards, all the different standards across the PIA spectrum, really there was a lack of awareness of how powerful and how important they were. The other thing that was there was the respect for the discipline and development of those standards and understanding that that discipline must be maintained for the standards to have true merit and quality. But seeing that there was a concern with that, and that was that there was a need for knowledge to move at the pace of the industry. There was a need to develop and germinate new ideas and concepts. There was a need to convey more information about the standards, the applications, the regulations and requirements. And that's where debating with Andy and Mariana over time, we looked at the foundation and, you know, Andy really helped as we shepherded the foundation from what its original intent was to move it to something where we impaneled a board of great individuals like yourselves to be able to help others. And Andy, if you think back to that, it was a bit of a struggle for us to help people understand what we were doing, but the three of us were able to get some consensus. And with that consensus, we were blessed with this great board, don't you think? Absolutely. And I can speak to the idea that it began altruistically. Um, we had a chairman of our board, Mr. Rob Poland, who was also CEO of Tell Labs, uh, who suddenly passed away at 50 years old from colon cancer. And he was a very much a loved individual. And we wanted to do something to, to really honor his memory and, and treat it as a blessing. And we created this organization. It's a 501c3 charity. And the first thought was we wanted to do something to support athletics and education uh, and provide money to a, a worthy uh, you know, individual who might be a baseball player like Rob was. He played on the University of Illinois team uh, and was a shortstop for them. Some of his friends went on to become pros uh, and well-known people. But from there, um, we found out pretty quickly that the NCAA has all sorts of rules and we couldn't do that. But we did fund a perpetual scholarship every year. A couple of thousand dollars is given to individuals who are worthy uh, in, within the engineering department. They're honored at a dinner and uh, it perpetuates Rob's name and it perpetuates the, the cause of this organization, which is really meant to serve industry. Uh, that aspect of it never changed. I think we, uh, you know, on this board, all share this desire to to give a little bit more of ourselves to each other and to the industry. And that's the probably the biggest joy of working with this group is to be able to share some of those experiences that we have and our passion for for helping people. And that's that's where I see things going from here. So Andy, give us like a little history on the timeline perspective. When was the foundation actually created versus when was this board enacted and all that kind of thing? So the creation, Rob passed away in 2012. It was a year later that we filed the um, forms. It took a long time for the federal government to actually award our 501c3 status. Um, if you look back at the uh, Obama era, there were a lot of slowdowns that occurred in granting charities their uh, their proper status under the tax law, and but it did occur. We actually got an apology letter from the person who was uh, overseeing it. And so uh, it was about three years actually after Rob passed away that we finally got 501c3 status. And it was uh, pretty soon after that that we were able to endow a chair at the, or a scholarship at the University of Illinois. You know, it was pretty close to then, Andy. I'd say probably 2015, 
late 2015 where you, Mariana, and I first started having the conversations about what we were trying to do for education and awareness, and we, we had a few false starts with things we were trying to do. And then our attention turned to this entity being there and available for us to recognize what it was set for and respect that while growing it into what it's become. Yeah, there's no question that the TIA has a focus on lobbying, on standards development, uh, but there is always a feeling like there is an aspect of the industry that we missed. And that was the how do you how do you help elevate and educate our our you know incredibly diverse workforce? And the thought was that TA might be able to play a role in that by the creation of of this 501c3. And it really took some of Scott's vision and others to uh, to really give it the form that it needed to try to take off. and it and it's done so well since then. One of the one of the great aspects of TIFF as well is it's kind of a launching pad for new ideas, right? You can take a an idea that's not necessarily ready to become an ANSI standard, TIA standard, and get it out in the public and have people comment on it and give feedback, correct? Absolutely. I think one of the thoughts we had from the beginning was we didn't want to create any confusion. We didn't want to create anything that might interpret or change a standard. But there was a need to get information to the public and some of that information could become a standard or could feed into and modify standards at a later date. Um, there's, you know, TIFF is not going to produce a document that's a standard. That's that's been, you know, the kind of the mantra to begin with. Mm -hmm. But we want to absolutely not create confusion. We want to actually help solve people um, running into confusing situations or or trying to help uh, educate people about problems that are out there. And right now we're even doing testing to try to determine some elements that, um, you know, really we don't have answers to, but people seem to have questions about. Uh, so the, it is morphing, it is changing, but it's all about educating and it's all, all about getting to the truth and about getting to facts if we can. Well, what Scott just said and what you brought up, Andy, is so important because if you think about it, from the very beginning, that was our thing. Let's not create confusion, but let's bring understanding and let's share knowledge. And Scotty, you said it best. You said TIA standard or ANSI standard. And that's something a lot of people don't recognize. We have standards under TIA that are TIA standards, and we have standards that are ANSI TIA standards, and there's a distinction between them. And they're managed through the different TR groups. And that's one of the things that can happen, working with regulators, working with the zoning boards, working with end users, working with tower owners, working with the contractors and bringing that understanding, sharing that knowledge, advancing those new concepts, germinating those new concepts, taking people and helping them see application of standards in new and effective ways is fantastic. But as they mature, what we did from the very beginning was make sure that anything that goes out, if it impacts any TR group that's out there, owning or responsible for a standard, whether it's an ANSI or just a TIA standard, there's communication so there's no confusion there. And if the idea matures, Scotty, like you said, it matures enough to where we can go and have it advance to a standard, there's a pathway, and that's what the role is Andy fills. Andy sits there as counsel for the TIF board and also sits as counsel for TIA. And so in the review process, when him and I are looking at things, we're looking at it and saying, hey, is it time for this to move over to a TR group or even have a TR group set up to become a standard of itself? Because we're to advance the concepts, we're to advance the knowledge and understanding, 
were to give a new platform a voice for feedback, the standards need to be housed under TIA. Michelle and I would like to thank you for listening. Continued discussion on the history of TIF and its role in the industry can be found on part two of this podcast. Thank you for listening to Industry Therapy, presented by the Telecommunications Industry Foundation. The information expressed herein are the opinions of the individuals. They are not meant to supersede standards or regulations that govern the reference subject matter. For additional TIF podcasts and other educational content, or to submit a potential topic for a future podcast, please visit our website, tiffonline.org.